The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. nervous about this race i'm i'm not on asphalt i'm on the water in a jet ski or on a jet ski or beside a jet ski there's a jet ski is what i'm is what i'm getting at i don't i don't know if i'll be good at this but man i'm going to give this the old college try (laughs) Ah, the race is about to start get ready watch the lot okay i'm watching it i can uh, announcer has a great voice Oh man! Okay. Ding, ding, ding! Here we go! Here we go! Oh, he's, oh man! It's like I could read his butt. Oh, okay. Here comes. Why are there buoys? Really? Wow! Everyone's behind you. I'm doing really good. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Missed that. Movie. Don't worry about that. Oh, good, good, good. This guy's really making me feel alright about myself. Oh, here comes a sharp turn. Oh, oh! Oh man! I hit the wall. Ugh. It's okay, guy. Oh, man, this... Thank you, announcer, man. Oh, man. Alright, get back on it. Here we go. Oh, I just actually knocked her off her jet ski. Sorry! Sorry about that. No sweat, buddy. Oh, it's like he's talking for her. That's pretty great. Okay, alright, here we go. You're uh, only 35 seconds behind the leader. Oh, I can catch up. That's not too far. Here we go. Oh, man, I'm getting really wet. Here we go. Water, huh? um, and, oh no, no, uh, that's a big wave. That's a big wave. Oh no! Oh, oh, oh man, off my jet ski and everything. Oh, I oh. love how that water glistens off your eyes. It's, is it coming on to me? <laughs> What's happening here now, Saran? Uh, gotta, where is my, oh, there's my jet ski and floated away from me. I guess I better, I probably should have learned how to swim before doing this. Hey, um, what are you doing after this? <laughs> um, I'm. Uh, I need. I need help. I, I can't swim. Uh, can uh, Can somebody help me? Don't worry about that. I, I'm very worried. I'm going to drown. Hey, you're only two minutes behind the leader. <laughs> Even on my jet ski, I need help. I need help. That bodysuit fits you well. You can't even see it. It's under the water. Somebody throw me something to float, please. No sweat, guy. Oh, God. I'm sinking into the the water. To the bottom. The light is slowly fading. I can't breathe very well. I am saddened. But, oh wait, oh, this is uh, I just need you to stand up. It's only like a two feet of water. Why didn't the announcer tell me that? Good try. Oh, well, well thank you. Well, you know what? I don't think I'm cut out for jet ski. I think I might as well stick to podcasting. What podcast is that? Well, I'll tell you, announcer guy. It's Retro, Retro Bliss. Bliss. Yeah, guy!
welcome to Retro Blist, your obviously weekly <laughs> video game retro podcast that you've all been clamoring for. It's here. It's in your feeds. And you, my friends, are welcome. I'm Johnny. He's Trevor. We never, ever introduce ourselves on this show. <laughs> it's nice to meet you all. My name is Trevor, and I've been with you for about seven years now. Is that how long we've been doing this nonsense? <laughs> I, I think it honestly is. It's between six and seven, I think. Oh, my gosh. It's at least six. Wow. Yeah. That is depressing. Kind of crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, depressing, whatever word you want to use. So when are we going to threaten to quit again? We haven't done that in a while. <laughs> People probably thought we were because uh, it's been a while. It has been a stain. You're right. Yep. Let's uh, let's kind of fill the, the blisters in. Obviously, we've been absent for a couple of weeks. Almost a month, I think, right? Close to it. By the time this comes out, I think it's about a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are not. Uh, it's just because we're doing. We wanted to do. <laughs> we wanted to do a really good Genesis Gems impression. <laughs> Oh, man. that's a shout out to two people i legitimately like <laughs> but it's just really funny to me to do that because <laughs> i'm a, a just a jerk <laughs> <That's what laughs> I am. uh actually yeah. missed that show where are you at genesis gyms we miss yeah, you come on um, we miss you yeah. let me just do a bullet point breakdown yeah uh week one i was out of town with the wedding i think we let the listeners know we'd be missing a week yeah, we did that yeah. was legit then i had a week of uh uh work that was so bad i actually had to stay out of town because uh yeah they put me on call so much. I literally just stayed out of town for most of a week, which I've never done before. So that was just that. And then I decided, hey, I think instead of doing Retro Bliss this week, it'd be fun for my whole family to have COVID. Yeah. So that's what we did. It was fun, right? You guys had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here we are recording at the end of this week. So it pretty much threw us a month behind. But hey, we're still alive and we're definitely not quitting. In and fact, we are definitely doing another Simpsons game. So what Simpsons yes. game do we play today, Trevor? We covered Bart Simpson's wave racing. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, this is smack dab in the middle of Simpsons month, which is stretched into at least two months at this point. <laughs> it's, we're, uh, yeah. we're really good at this. Long story short, we want to be in the same room to play. There's actually two Simpsons games that you said you wanted to play, and yeah. I totally agree, that it's really going to make Simpsons month worthwhile, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the game we played uh, last time was, whew, um, it was a tough, it was a we, tough, we got a couple we think are going to be fun, but we want to be in the same room and, uh, I'm totally clear of COVID, but it just seems like bad timing to go talk in Johnny's mouth. Um, <laughs> which is how gonna, we podcast we'll do that. I think we'll do that next time. What people don't realize is when, you know, what people don't realize is when we're in the same room and podcasting together, we literally, when one's not talking, uh, we just hold our mouth open and the other person talks into that. Mouth. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, that's podcasting, right? <laughs> right. But not only are we still here, is what I was going to say. Uh, we've got some just exciting things lately. Some, some, a couple of new patrons in the last month or so. And oh man, really, just thank y'all so much for that. This show is totally free. All our commercials are totally fake. They always have been, <laughs> and they always will be. Nobody they will be. I'm pretty sure. I can promise you this: nobody in their right mind would ever sponsor us. <laughs> So when listeners choose to be like, you know what? I throw them some money just literally for no reason. I mean, we do have bonus content. Check out Retro Bliss at Patreon. But I honestly don't think most people do it for the most bonus content. I think they just do it because they like the show. Well, they uh, I still remember when we said, hey, we'll shout you out on the show. If you uh, 
you know, give us money. And they specifically said, please, we're begging you. Don't do that. <laughs> we, yes. don't, we want to support you, but we want to be anonymous about it. Nobody can know. We're that dirty little secret. <laughs> and speaking of dirty little secret, I'm actually going to shout some people out. Uh, the Huey family. Kevin Huey has reached out to us. I think is a pretty new listener. And, and that rhymes with Bowie. It rhymes with Bowie. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, well, they just, they said the whole family loves us, which is awesome. Just because it's such a family podcast. It's just pure and clean. And yeah. So I should probably say cuss words now, right? Yep. All right. No. Here we go. <laughs> Ah, fiddly sticks. <laughs> Sorry about but that. But they left us, I think it was Kevin left us a five-star Apple podcast review. Oh, which oh, I man. can't tell you how much I appreciate that because it's been since uh, March. It's been. Since we've had one. So, it's been March since you left us a review. What was the review? Is it? I'm sure it's a great one. Five it, stars. It It is five stars and I love it. The tagline is, it's a good listen while sitting on the toilet. Oh, that's the highest form of flattery right oh, there, yeah. mr Huey. <laughs> and the review the full review is makes my bowel movements more enjoyable love the show so there you go that really hit me i gotta <laughs> tell you I do. we we put our heart and soul out and you know people care that much <laughs> it really means a lot and oh. when i accept the award that we're undoubtedly going to get for best video game podcast i'm going to remember this moment <laughs> that we make bowel movements everywhere better you're going to be remembering that for a long time then we're the taco bella podcast yes man it's been so long since we recorded i thought there's there's so many things i wanted to talk about oh man and i probably wrote them down somewhere but i can't remember well let's say the game we're playing today obviously we're not in the same room so we're saving the simpson games for that so we've called an audible we wanted to give you guys something you know it's been way too long so uh nintendo 64 online on the old Switch decided to add a brand new game this week as of this recording. And what game are we covering today, Trevor? Wave Race 64 for the Nintendo 64 from Nintendo 1996. Uh, a lot of people, including me, thought this was a launch game. But actually, Mario 64 and Pilot Wings were the only two launch day games. And then this came basically as the third game for the system, uh, at least for Nintendo. Well, that's pretty impressive when, yeah. you, when we get to talking about it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's a launch window game. Um, and there are technically three games in the series, but we'll save that for the Bliss Quiz because I don't want to make it too easy for Johnny. Oh, you can't have that. My Bliss Quiz is incredible. That's a big tease. I may have the coolest of all the Bliss Quizzes in history coming up at the end of the show. Uh, we'll stay tuned for that. Or quit now. Uh, quit listening now. Honestly, if you're smart, you'll just you'll just give this up. <laughs> Unlike Retro Bliss, you should quit while you're ahead. Yeah. Uh, we're like Ernest P. World. We never knew when to quit. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Ernest P. World, I don't think either one of us have much history with this game. Um, did you have, did y'all have this one? No, I, I do have it now, but I know I just bought it pre-owned, you know, some years ago. It wasn't, How did we, what game did we play then? I remember some sort of jet ski game at your jet house. Moto. Oh, okay. That's the one yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Jet Moto, I honestly would love to cover um, for the show. There was three of them on the PlayStation 1. And I was looking, and actually the first Jet Moto came out, I mean, I'm talking within the same month of this game. Like, I can't tell in Japan which one came out first, but Jet Moto technically beat Wave Race by like a month <laughs> uh, in the States. And I think maybe Wave Race beat 
Jetmoto by month in Japan, something like that. Um, you knew, you know, they both knew that 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 they were making the same kind of game. Yes, and we'll get into huge differences, but oddly enough, I so I, so my history is basically I remember seeing the Wave Race car, Rave Race cartridge in the store, and I do remember thinking about it back before there was a ton of N sixty four games. Um, and I remember seeing this one, and I remember when it became a player's choice or whatever, it was thirty nine ninety nine. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's a good time to get that game. I don't know why it just never appealed to me that much, even though we love Jet Moto. I, I think it's just because it was a racing game, but it was jet skis, and Jet Moto sort of had this fantasy element to it. It was just so over the top. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why we never picked this game up. What I do remember is at the time thinking, "Wow, that looks amazing graphically." Um, but that's about it. Like I never played the game until I was probably you know an adult. Yeah. So I guess this whole time I was playing. Jet Moto when I thought it was weight race. <laughs> so that's important to say there will be no nostalgia at all in this review. This is just how no. much fun do we have today and yesterday playing it. Correct, correct. So I think it's I think we should just dive right in, Trevor. And graphics, let's get in uh, to uh, it. So, considering that this, I mean, it's not, I know it's not technically a launch game, but let's, let's just call it a launch game because it basically is, right? Uh, That kind of blew my mind even more because this game looks pretty great. Even, I mean, obviously by today's standards, it shows it's, I think all the Nintendo 64 games kind of show their years. Yeah, Uh, there's no hiding it. Yeah, because I mean, any 3D game from previous times is just, just going to be that way. But with how the water actually looks and moves around, and the waves kind of crash and move around, uh, I was—you would think this would be a later 64 game, right? Uh, I think it—it it looks pretty dang good, especially considering this is one of the first Nintendo 64 games that ever existed here uh, over here for us. It was, yeah, obviously the first racing game on the N64. One of the one of the early 3D racing games, period. Like we were talking, the Need for Road and Track presents Need for Speed on 3DO, which we played it on the Saturn. But that's probably the first 3D racing game I ever played. But this is in that early era of racing games. All right, so in my opinion, if you look at the actual riders on the jet skis, it looks like an N64 game. Like they're super yeah, the blocky. actual people, yeah. The people, the, yeah. The people, they're blocky, they have ham fists and their necks yeah, think, are rectangles. Uh, think the 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 wrestling games that we love on the 64, yeah. but even somehow blockier than that, <laughs> yes. So, if you just looked at the riders and you saw nothing else, you would think, Yeah, I sent 64, all right. But I swear, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, when you just look at the water, the actual surface you're riding on, the physics of the waves. I don't feel like this looks like an N64 game at all. Like no. It belongs on a different system, a power more powerful system. No, it's honestly very impressive when you remember all that going into it. Um and that had to be one of the selling points of this game, I would think, was just how great oh, yeah. the water itself actually looked. And you've got so you got two elements that make the water impressive. And the first element is just visually how it looks, because like you start out 
Nintendo's always been good, I think, about starting you out on a level that just kind of makes you excited to play the game. You start out with a very tropical beach setting. The water is blue and clear, and it just looks good. And then I think it's the second track. You got the same like beach setting, but it's sunset, so the water's orange and more reflective. And it's like, man. And then I think it's the third level is a lake, like a crystal clear lake, and it looks like glass you're riding on, basically. So right and, there, the first three yeah. tracks, it's like, wow. And the fact that there's even reflection, like you said, of like the, you know, we were talking about that one level, it starts out like you're at kind of like a uh, like a swampy type area. Yeah. Like a swamp lake, Drake lake sort of thing. Yeah, Drake Lake. Uh, and it, you know, it's got like a little bit of fog at the beginning that actually lifts, which is pretty amazing yeah. but the thing that i really stood out to me and i was telling you is the you know like the trees and stuff on the sides reflect in the water uh, that's yeah. a little detail they probably didn't even have to do but they yeah. did it and i even noticed that on the two-player version which obviously is, doesn't look as good as a single player but right. <laughs> that's another thing though i think this thing still looks pretty dang good two-player yeah so if you play two-player Basically, it cuts out the track detail, like birds and dolphins. And I don't think the water looks quite as good, but the water is still there. The physics are still there. And the fog isn't ridiculous. It's very playable still in two-player graphically. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Jet Moto, I just got images of Jet Moto pulled up. I swear, I have such good memories of this game. Um, But Jet Moto... I remember just really being impressed, like when you get on the lake level, the swamp level in that game, that it has this glassy look. And at the time, I remember being so impressed. <clears throat> but in all actuality, and not to cut Jump Moto down, but it's not doing anything nearly as impressive as, as Wave Race, because ultimately that was just a graphical asset. Like that was the artist really pulling off a visual trick, really. In Wave Race, the water behaves as water, and that makes it wholly more impressive. And in Jet Moto, it really was just a surface you rode on. And then they added like a, a pixel effect to make it look like the water spraying up when you're riding on it. But in Wave Race, what makes the graphics so impressive is the water moves like water. Yes. It, yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's not yeah, it's not great. only visually impressive, but if you actually just watch how the water moves, that to me is even more impressive. Yes. And and uh, the. The same track, depending on which we'll get into difficulty and stuff later, but depending on the difficulty level you're on, the weather can change. And so a calm track might get really choppy. And again, it's just the way it moves, the way it carries you around. I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like there's some games, maybe not today. I mean, systems are just powerhouses now. Like they can almost replicate real water almost. But I would say up definitely through the PS2 era. I don't think there was more realistic water than this that I can think of, at least when you count the physics into it. Yeah, when you count how it actually moves like water. Right. Yeah. Like, think about Grand Theft Auto, which, you know, that game has a lot going on. But that's a game that lets you explore the water, you know. Like, I don't think it moved as realistically, e even comparable. And I'm, there might be a more fair example. Um, I mean, you have games today like Sea of Thieves is the first ones coming to my head. And that, that's, you know, incredible water physics. That water looks incredible. And obviously, that's... <laughs> probably uh, literally 150 times more powerful hardware yeah, behind it though yeah thank you that's what i was trying to think of to say but uh that water looks amazing but if you just factor in the time this game came out uh 
when it came to water and the graphics of the water, I think it was ahead of its time. And on top of that, graphically, I think the courses are really pretty when we kind of, I mean, we alluded to that. Uh, The jet skis themselves look great. The only, like we said, the only thing that really hurts this graphically, and it's just a Nintendo 64 thing, I think, is the people. (laughs) Yes, the people are so blocky. They're really blocky and they don't look great at all. They really show their age big time. Uh, but uh, but everything else about the game looks incredible. <laughs> Another more fair example, maybe than Grand Theft Auto, is 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 Hydro Thunder, which is a game I would love to cover. It's such a fun arcade game, and I have it on Dreamcast. But it came out in 1999 in the arcade and on the Dreamcast, which was multiple multiple times more powerful than the N64. And that game's beautiful. I love the way the water looks, but the physics of the water can't touch Wave Race. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of a game that could until you get to like the PS3, Xbox 360 era. It, it's it's amazing yeah. in that aspect. I think that's where it really stands out is how the water actually behaves. Yes. Uh, that's where this game, to me, really, really impresses you. If you just kind of stop and look at it. Uh, I mean, the fact that you can go into the options and make the waves even worse, and it really does make the waves even worse. Yeah. Uh, it. I mean, wow. I think if they made this game today think of all the fun they could have they could add like weather effects and stuff now if they took the same i mean obviously the water would look even better uh and uh but you know we'll get in the gameplay but i mean how the water moves affects the gameplay too and oh, that, yeah. i mean that's just impressive to me that's, that's why when you told me this was a launch game i don't know why i didn't think about that but that just really blew me away because yeah. you know it's it's very common for the games of a system's lifespan that the later games, and it makes sense, right? The later games are more impressive than the early games. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, look at oh yeah, the, the original Nintendo, right? I mean, you take Mario, the Huge first difference. Mario game. The first Mario game is amazing. But if you just even graphically compare it to Mario 3, it's night and day, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, and it's a later game in that system's life. But this was one of the first games for the 64. That's, man, <laughs> yeah. that is. Really, really great. Anything else graphically? Uh, if I think graphically, the only thing you can even remotely knock this game for, if you consider the time this game came out, is again the the characters, the actual people on the jet skis. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think you can knock it because they're they're actually animated good. The people are. I mean, yeah. when you they're animated just fine. Uh, you can crash your jet ski and it looks pretty awesome and gnarly. Yeah, you fall in the water depending on how fast you're going in different ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they actually animated the the characters very well. They move right. They, mm-hmm. I never felt that they moved as blocky as they looked. They actually no. moved a lot, a lot smoother. The whole game uh, runs smoothly too. I think that's yeah. good to note. Yeah. The only other thing graphically is I think they did also did a good job of the nine tracks showing off pretty much every type of water you can think of. Yeah. Dark, murky harbor water. Uh, water at night. There's literally a night track. Yeah. To water in a bright, sunny, tropical setting. I mean, a lake, you got it all. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they, they were smart with that. All right. Uh, let's get into the music and sounds. Music and sounds. Oh, let's get into it. All right, Trevor, I'm very curious. What did you think of the music of this game? <laughs> It's it's funny because I really do feel like I'm 
like Jekyll and Hyde with the music. Well, not quite Jekyll and Hyde because I don't hate any of it. But there were sometimes I was playing, I was like, dang, this is fun, catchy music. And then other times I'm like, this music's just kind of, I don't know, silly. <laughs> but overall, I think I got to come out like I like the music. It's it's um, it's not what I expected, but it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I don't know, though. It is like it goes from really fun to like, I don't know, maybe they could have beefed it up a little bit. <laughs> like I, I'm kind of of two minds. That was my it. thought the whole time was they could beef it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, this is a racing game, and I think, and this is just me guessing. Obviously, I wasn't there when they were making this, but it feels like they couldn't decide if they wanted to make have the music portray the game as like you're on, a, you're at a the waters being peaceful or whatever, like kind of a tranquil type thing. Some yeah, just music, out for a joyride, basically. Yeah, some of the music feels very tranquil. I guess yeah, is the best way yeah. to put it, and it doesn't seem to fit when you're. It's a racing game. I, yeah, I think. If the most of the music had, I mean, this is a Nintendo 64, so it might not even had disability. Like, let's say that when you're first lining up the race to set the mood of the race, you have a little tranquil music, but then as soon as the race starts, let's beef it up. Kick it in. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. But it never does that. And I thought the music was very forgettable, forgettable, if I could even talk for that. I mean, a lot of this music will be at home on an, if you're on an elevator <laughs> to me. I can hear this That's music true, playing yeah. during an elevator. Yeah. It's. I think well, I was surprised I by how cheery and optimistic it was, but I'll, it needed some energy. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, I th- uh, this would be like uh, if you're calling, you know, you're trying to get in touch with your insurance company, uh, and they're like, hey, we'll put you on hold. Or uh, for me, if you're trying to get a hold of EA to fix your game issue, uh, like, hey, we'll put you on hold, and this is the music you would listen to. <laughs> you know, just a nondescript, uh, sort of cheery, but it's not really – trying to put you in any sort of mood really that's true it's not yeah it doesn't commit to any mood yeah that is a good point like i could imagine this being some pretty fun hold music like in the late 90s yeah like when you put on hold with the doctor's office yeah Yeah, most of the music have been really good like for menu selection and stuff like that right uh like that but it really needed to beef it up when you're actually racing in my that's what i was trying to put my finger on when you're actually in the race it's like it kind of sounds like happy menu music. Yeah, or just not having any music the doing the race at all. Yeah. Because I will say the jet skis themselves sound great. The water sounds awesome, uh, you know, especially for its time. So this could have even been one that they also could have done away with the music during the race. Yeah, you I might care. be right. <laughs> and there's another audio element that I can't decide if I love or hate. And that's the announcer. Okay, so the announcer, which is obviously what we were, we were trying to replicate at the beginning of the show, um, I always will appreciate these type of announcers because obviously one of my favorite games of all time is NBA Jam, and he really sort of alludes to the NBA Jam guy, not as over the top, yeah, but like he's just that you know he just kind of chimes in every once in a while, <laughs> uh, but he's not really saying anything of substance. <laughs> And it's more like sort of cheering you on, kind of, yeah, or that type of thing. But yeah, I, I liked him. I thought he's a positive. Way more. Uh, he was. Yeah, I would rather listen to him than the music, personally. I would agree. And uh, he's been described as the most optimistic game announcer ever. Yeah, because you can be doing terrible, and like like in our skit, he can just be like, "Don't worry about it." Like just, yeah. But but occasionally. 
you get the feeling that the guy doing this occasionally got a little tired of being so saccharine sweet because he comes off sarcastic sometimes. Yeah, every once in a while he'll throw in a little barb. <laughs> he'll throw in a barb, and also if you just notice, like every time, I think it's every stinking time you pass a buoy, which we'll get into that system, yeah. but you pass a lot of buoys. He says something, and usually it's like, okay, yeah. But then sometimes you realize, like, okay. Yeah, he's like the upside down in Stranger Things. Yeah. Once in a while, you throw in a barb. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and the poor you. barb is gone, and we just forget about her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I think overall, though, if it wasn't for the music being so lackluster, I could have really given this part high marks. But obviously, to me, this game looks way better graphically than the music. Uh, the music is a low light. Oh, yeah. But the sounds and the sound effects and stuff are very much done very well, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's pretty much background music plus a crazy announcer. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm really torn. I like to always say, hey, is this a game that I would listen to a podcast while I'm playing or would I listen to the music? Hmm. I'm torn on this one because the sound effects and the announcer are such a part of it. uh, And I don't want to miss those, but I just really like the music I don't even care at all about. So, very torn on this one. I think you can go I, either way. <laughs> I do, though. The more, you're, the more you're saying about the jet ski sounds, I kind of feel like you've got to have the sound on this one because even the way your jet ski revs up, it kind of helps, you know. I don't know. I think it might almost help you in the game. Yeah. Because a jet ski, as we'll get into in a minute, is not like a car. And <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. The hear, I don't know. I just think just hearing the way it revs up might actually help with gameplay a little bit. So. You might be right. Yeah. You might I don't right. know. I, I think it's one you probably could mute, but I probably wouldn't. But I agree. The music is there, just. I didn't look in the options. There might odd. be a way to just to turn off the music or turn there the music down and turn the sound effects up. If so, do that, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you can still play a podcast, but hear your uh, motor revving. <laughs> I don't That's know how that true. sounds. PG podcast. Uh, but I think look, we should just get in. Let's just talk about the game itself. Let's do. Gameplay, let's get into it. Okay, all right. This is where I'm going to let you do most of the driving, as I say, and I will chip in with my feelings and thoughts because I, we had two different experiences <laughs> playing this game. Uh, let's um, let's, I think let's talk about the pauses menu both would agree on. And that would be, I real obviously this game is trying to be arcadey. I do think it struggles with that at times because it's sort of a, uh, you know how Forza Horizon sort of does a really good job, and this is not fair comparing two way different generational games. You love to but, compare games that are like AAA 2021 games. But this <laughs> is the point. Yeah, but this is the point I'm trying to make. They do a really, really good job of balancing realism with arcade, in my yeah. opinion. Right? Like they do a great job of that. I think they sort of struggle to making this one uh, when it comes to that. And there are games on the 64 uh during this generation where i think they did a much better job of that i mean i'm looking at the san francisco rush games for example uh, but uh, yeah it's really difficult when it comes to that however one of the very positives to me even though i absolutely was atrocious at it i a uh, spoiler alert i am terrible at this game i couldn't get the hang of it my <laughs> it broke my brain and how this thing controls and i'll let trevor get into that and i'll just chime in when he comes to that part but uh the 
I really love that the water and how it moves truly does affect how you drive and how your jet ski goes. Uh, it really is a major part of it, as it should be. And that part to me was really, even though I couldn't do it, was actually very cool. Yeah, I think that's what you have to accept going in is Wave Race 64 is different than any racing game before or after it. But yeah, real quick, literally on the surface, like Johnny was saying, it's an arcade racing game. You literally race. There's four total opponents is all there is in the single player championship. So you're racing against three other opponents, three laps, you're done. And they tend to be really quick laps too. So they're quick races. You move on. Um, there's not like a time limit, like in some racing games. Uh, I'll explain the buoys that sets it apart a little bit, but at its core, it's a super arcadey racing game, but it's actually not because I don't know if there was a more realistic, like more, yeah, a more realistic on the water racing game for years after this. Like it's not complicated. The, the controls are simple, but the water itself makes this feel different than any other racing game. And that's what's so amazing about it. But also, I totally understand Johnny's frustration. Um, let me just go over the controls. You have the accelerate button. It's A, I think, whether you're on the N64 or the Switch controller. It's A, accelerate. Left and right is steer, just like in any racing game. So what's so tricky about it? To steer sharply, and I'm just going to go and get into this, and I think this is where... Johnny has some comments to steer more sharply. And I'm guessing this simulates like pulling back on the front of the jet ski. I'm not sure. I, I would guarantee that's what they're going for. Yeah. But to make certain turns, you're going to have to pull back on the stick as you turn. You so have to do that. Yeah. You're pulling like back and left. If you want to go sharp left back and right to go sharp. And let's right. also say, let's go and talk about the buoys real quick. Cause that's important. Okay. Too. Uh, there are buoys uh, on all those that you have to go on a certain side of said buoy and obviously the harder the difficulty the more buoys that they're out there and the harder the turns you have to take and the mm -hmm. sharper the turns you have to take in between buoys so that's very important here when it comes to what trevor's saying when it comes to taking sharp turns yeah so the thing that threw me off was this is a jet ski this isn't a car and any racing game i've ever played when you want to get around a turn you can let off the gas a little bit usually that's how a car works that's not how a jet ski works. If you let off the gas, you're not pushing water out. You're not turning. Yeah. So I kept letting off the quote unquote gas as I turned sharply and I just would fail every time. Yeah. I did that at the beginning too, because like you, that's how I am used, just used to a racing game. Uh, you know, like, uh, like you said, uh, most of the racing games that I play, I am a let off the gas first and then break if I need to type of racer. Yeah. And overall, I'm fairly decent at racing games. Uh, ones that apparently take place on land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these water ones, apparently, I need to uh, go back to school for. So pro tip, although I'm not very good at the game either, spoiler. You're much better than I am. I think just to function at, at the game, I, first, I don't want to scare people away. It's actually, the controls are simple, but they're deep. I, like, think, I think I'm the only one. I, I mean, I'm probably not the only one, but I think I'm in the minority of this effect. Yeah, the well, you're way. not the only one because a lot of people talk about the hidden depths of the controls and just the difficulty of getting used to the controls. There's a learning curve, and, and, and I'm having a hard time deciding if this is a positive or negative for me because it is that old-school Nintendo mentality and that the game is not complicated. I've pretty much explained the basic controls 
but there's depth there. Like you're just not going to be good at it at first. But for me, my pro tip is you've got to master pulling back on the stick as you turn for the sharp yeah. turns, because at first you're going to overturn, you're going to overdo it. Cause the trick is to do it just enough to set yourself up for the correct line. Basically. Yeah. My issue is that it's also the same control you're using to actually steer your vehicle or your jet ski. Yeah. And it takes a lot of getting used to. I played this game well over an hour. Never once did I feel like I was getting it just right. Uh, I needed, for me, my brain just needs that, needs another button besides the stick. I think you're right. They were going for more of a jet ski feel in that you pull back like it would feel like you went on a jet ski. So I 100% understand why they went that way. And I've I've seen a lot of people, yourself included, because when you're playing the normal races, you were really good where like you were kind of getting that, getting the hang of that. But I just never, ever did. I was constantly in a state of overcorrecting what I'd just done. And I just could never get the hang of it. And it made me very annoyed with it. Uh, I think what frustrated me more with how this game plays is I wanted to be good at this game. Yeah. Because I love how the tracks look. Uh, I like how the game feels as weird as that sounds i I know it sounds like i don't but i like how the game feels it It feels feels like you're a jet ski it feels like you're a jet ski going over waves and that feels awesome to me i just really hate that to make a sharper turn that you have to do like you know in a race in another racing game you would have either a brake or a handbrake or mario kart would be an example where you use the um the button to what's that called uh to uh drift drift yeah thank you uh but in this one it's pulling back on the stick that's the same stick that you're using to uh, direction your jet ski. Uh, so that, to me, my my brain just didn't care for that, <laughs> and I couldn't get yeah. around it. I needed that to be a different button for me. Um, but maybe the reason I didn't make it a different button either is because, like you said before, to even turn, you got to have the gas pressed. So yes. you would it would have to be mapped to a button close to the gas button would be my my guess. But I mean, honestly, they made a racing game you can play with one button and one stick. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, until I looked at the manual, I didn't realize the B button did anything. Technically the B button, they call it flattening the waves. I think it basically helps you hit the waves. Not as hard. Yeah. Which is depth. I frankly don't need. I mean, I appreciate it's there, but I don't need it. Technically. I bet, I bet if you learn how to use it, it can really help you though. I bet it could. And technically the R button also, they called it sliding, like sliding over the waves. I don't know what that represents, but again, I just didn't need that in my brain. But honestly, I feel like a lot of people play this and don't even realize the B and R button do anything. I think you can be good at this game using only the A button and the stick. It's just mastering hitting the waves. It's mastering turning with the right sharpness. Like, it's one of those things I get where Johnny's coming from. But for me, it did work. The pulling back on the stick, once I got used to it, it did work. Um, I, I just never but, got used to it, and I tried. I wanted yeah. to. I mean, I even did the tutorial, like you said, where you're following the dolphin around, and I couldn't even... Like, I kept losing yeah. the dolphin. <laughs> uh, speaking of tutorial, mostly what it tells you is stunts. And just another pro tip, yeah, do not try to do stunts during a race. They don't help Especially you in any way. Especially if you're just starting out, yeah. Yes, um, unless you're just a master at the game, then have fun. But There is a stunt uh, mode yeah. that you can play. But, yeah, that would probably, it hurts you more than helps you, I think, when it comes to regular championship races. So I had a hard time pulling off stunts, even in a stunt mode, just FYI. For the heights you get on the jumps, I had a hard time landing them. <laughs> I did I did one by accident. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. They're cool. You can do side flips, back flips, but you can also 
right on the front of your jet ski. You can do that's handstands. What I did. Yeah, that's what I did. I did that yeah. right on the front. Yeah. And it's just, there's no point in a race except a showboat. So, like, if you're really good, especially like in a two player mode, I'm sure people right on the front of the jet ski just to show off. Um, but yeah, the stunt mode, I didn't play a lot. To be honest, I didn't care for it too much. Although I think I picked the fat man because I related to him. <laughs> let's is, talk about this. Yeah, yeah. let's All do right. that. So there are four different characters you can choose from. Uh, there's a, uh, there's, uh, I think they, they tried to appeal to anybody who would play the game. And so they, they went as diverse as they could, but one of them is a, a fat man, which is obviously who Trevor and I are going to relate to the most mm-hmm. for whatever reason, who knows, right? Yeah, who <laughs> knows? We don't need to get to that, but he is by far the hardest, the most difficult one to use. And, I, would I agree just say with, the worst too, probably yeah. honestly. And I and I agree with you that I felt like this was a personal attack against me. <laughs> yeah, it felt personal. Uh, I tried him in the stunt mode, and it was a joke. He can't get enough air to make a flip. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> makes sense. I understand it. It does make sense, but it seems a little harsh. Yeah, <laughs> it's very harsh. <laughs> I think he technically maybe has the highest top speed, but his control is horrible. His acceleration is yeah. horrible. His jumping is horrible. It's all horrible. horrible. <laughs> he takes up so much more of your screen. <laughs> oh man i didn't actually look is there only that one view i actually never even oh no there are multiple views which i totally forgot um yeah you can get can you... super close to your jet ski like riding right behind which i guess makes the water even more impressive or you can get zoomed all the way out basically yeah okay i was wondering that um so the stunt mode is basically you go through rings which i'll be honest because of superman 64 any game with rings just causes me a little distrust. Unless it's Sonic, yeah. Unless it's Sonic, yeah. So you got to go through rings to get points, and you only have a limited amount of time, and you do tricks over jumps. It's fine. I just I struggle with it, so I didn't spend much time with it. Um, the two-player mode is just you and one other person to race on any of the tracks, but it's still being two-player. Oddly enough, this is one game where I wasn't super bothered by the fact there weren't computer controllers computer players it kind of works because really it's you in the water that you're fighting yeah this game also has a thing where uh you can miss a number of buoys but once you miss that allowed a lot of number that's a disqualification for you yeah Uh, that 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 hurt me a lot that hurt me quite a bit uh (laughs) <laughs> I told you I think I would enjoy this game way more if you just take the buoys completely out because these yeah. tracks or court let's call them courses because they're not I guess they're not technically tracks but these courses but they are laid out basically like tracks yeah they're laid out in a way where you can tell what they are and where to go uh, they did a really good job yeah. of that in my opinion I felt the buoys are just thrown in there to add difficulty mm-hmm. uh, as you went um, which I get I guess but you know. I definitely could have taken them completely out and would have enjoyed this game way more immensely. I'm going to have to agree with you because the buoys let to be straight. They add most of the challenge in the game. They add the nuance that you need to, to get good, but strictly being honest, I agree. I think if there was an option to totally take out the buoys, especially in the two player mode, I think I would have more fun with the game because unlike say, uh, I bet a lot of people don't even remember this game, but there was a game called Smuggler's Run on the PS2. It was a big deal because it was an open world oh, racing yes. game. I remember this game, yeah. And it, for its races, because it was so open wide, it did flags. I think they were like smoke pillars or whatever. Yeah. 
and I'll be honest, that was never that was my one disappointment with that game, which I loved in other ways, was that I like racing games with tracks. I don't like trying to make it through like checkpoint or um you know flags or hoops or whatever. It's just not my favorite. So that is sort of a negative for me, but I will say this game does something that I appreciate, and that is if you miss a buoy, you don't have to go back and circle around it. You just keep going. Yeah. In fact, you so, can't go back. So if you actually master a track where there's just like one buoy that you can't get, it's only three laps, and if that's the only one you're going to miss, you can actually just miss it every time yeah. and be just fine. I intentionally skipped some buoys because I thought it was worthwhile. Yeah. But that brings up the other twist of the game, and that is it has a speed system. And again, this game's simple. I don't want to make it sound too complex. But when you start, like Mario Kart, if you hit the gas at the right time, you're supposed to hit it as it goes green. But it's, it's a little tricky to get it just right. But the better you do it, the the more speed you will start out with. It's like five or six steps. And so, like, let's say you're at max speed and you miss a single buoy. It takes you back down to minimum speed. Yeah. Which is, it's not like it stops you, but it's just a little slower. Yeah. It, it sort of reminded me of the coins in Mario Kart. In yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, get those, you actually get a little bit of speed. You're right. Uh, but, um, but every buoy you hit correctly, it goes up by one. Right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. it's. I I would rather, per, I, per, I, I do agree with you. I think if there was just a mode, and I, I mean, I wish there was. Maybe there's a cheat code to remove the buoys. I need to look at that. I doubt it. I do think I would enjoy it more without the buoys, but I love the fact that there's some grace there. You can miss five without being retired. I am totally fine with them being in like a championship mode. I get yeah. that. Like you need to add challenge to that. I understand it. But if we're just playing two player or if there's just like a single player uh, race mode where there's not really one of those, honestly, you got to do a time trial or something. If yeah. There's not to... a single player race against the computer. It's just yeah. championship two player yeah. time trial. But the, but if there was one of those, then I think there should have been an option just to remove the buoys. That that would have been to me because this has different levels of difficulty. Like it does not have an easy mode, and just make that the easy mode, no buoys, easy mode, and then normal mode. Yep. Add the the first type of buoys, yeah. and then as you get to more difficulty, add the more difficult buoys. Speaking of difficulty, I just fixed this game for me. <laughs> All right, so I pulled up game FAQs. I think this is a game worth because it is so simple at its core. There's not really a ton of content. I think it's worth looking. So there are some, let's see, two extra courses. There's the Glacier Coast and the Twilight City. You just have to beat the game on hard and expert to get those. So so basically, in the single-player mode, there's normal, hard, expert, and reverse, which reverses all the tracks. I will say there's only nine tracks total in the game, but they do change a little bit. Like on hard, it actually opens up a new path on some levels. I, and also I'll say, this is another positive for me. Despite the fact that it, all these are water courses, they do look different from each other. And that is even more impressive. It would have been really easy to make a game where you're in the water the entire time for all the courses to look very same to each other, very similar to each other. Yeah. But they do a pretty good job of making them look different. Okay, so unfortunately, I don't see a code to get rid of buoys. You can unlock a dolphin that you can drive. Oh, I guarantee you drive. that people are yelling at me saying get rid of the buoys because they're like, that's part of the game. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I want to be clear. It would not be the same game without the buoys. And I do think they probably made the right choice to have the buoys. But I do wish there was just an option to play arcade mode. They could call it arcade mode. Yeah, something like that. I would have, myself, as someone who could not get the hang of that steering thing, Yeah, I would have enjoyed that a lot more. 
it would have made it feel more like a normal racing game, which I appreciate that is not what this is, but yeah. I think it would have been a great and I think simple addition. I mean, just remove them and let you because every single track, like you said, it is a track. Like you can't just totally get lost. Yeah. You don't need the buoys really to make it around the track. They're just there for challenge. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, the tracks do change some, the weather changes some depending on the difficulty mode. Um, but otherwise there's not a lot of content because two player, you're just racing the tracks, but you can choose difficulty even on two player. Like, so we could play the harder version of the track Yeah, in two player. Um, but there's only nine courses and they're not totally different just because you're on hard to say compared to normal. There are, there's some different, but they're not totally different. So I don't know. I don't, nine is not a bad number for N64 racing game, but they no. are fairly short tracks. So they are short. Right. Yeah, they are short. So you can also look at it as it's not overstaying its welcome yeah. at the same time. And they do change them up with the buoy placements and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, by today's standards, like if a game came out today, you would definitely want more than nine. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think for then, that's pretty good. So, uh, anything else about gameplay before we get into our final scores here? So, which I'm one, very curious about, by the way. One thing I just found out is you can hold up to change costumes. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Also, the only thing I'll say about the championship mode, because that's probably where most people today would spend their time. That's the meat have, of the game, you know, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Because the two player is, to be fair, very simple. Um, bare bones, even. But so the championship mode, normal difficulty, I was able to breeze through it, honestly. I thought, man, I'm pretty good at this. Hard, which is the very next cup you unlock, basically. It is literally twice as hard, maybe three times as hard. Uh, it's so much harder. I, I will say the saving grace is you definitely don't have to get first on every race. You just have to have a certain number of points to make it further. And so, like, if you just knock the first couple tracks out of the park, you got a buffer zone. So you can you can get dead last on a track and still continue on if you have enough points. I appreciate that, but it was also kind of depressing because if you looked at my my points, uh, Johnny actually watched me try hard mode once. I'm like, first place, first place, last, last, last. Yeah. Like, it's just a sharp difficulty. Yeah, the difficulty really harder. ramps up out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, so I honestly feel like I'm just not good enough at the game yet to play the hard difficulty once you get to, like, the third track on. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of depressing. I assume I would get better, like Johnny said. I feel like I should be a little better by now, <laughs> but that that's, and we'll get right into reviews with this. That's going to be a hard thing for me is would I get better the more I play it? Because that's hidden depth. That is a Nintendo yeah. thing that I love or would I never get any better than I am right now? Because that would suck. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time I like that aspect, but will I like it in this. Uh, let's find out final scores. Let's get into it. You decide. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You go ahead. If you feel like you know how you feel, I don't, but I'll try. Um, this is one of those games where let's go ahead and start with numbers, right? Obviously, it's above a five. I mean, there's so much quality here. To give it below average is just not being honest, right? I think uh, for sure. There's definitely quality to this game. I yeah. if just going from graphics from that time, and I think they still 
hold up pretty decently if you don't look at the character models. I thought graphically this game still looks great. I mean, it looked good on my HD TV, uh, and that's saying something for a Nintendo 64 3D game. It still looked pretty good on my HD TV. Uh, so that's another positive for me. Graphically, this game really stands out. The sounds and the announcer are positives for me. The music is a negative. It's just not good. It's mm-hmm. might as well not even be there. Um, was this game fun? That's the thing. I kept thinking of all the ways and decisions I would make for this game to be more fun for me, for my personal self. So this, again, is just my opinion. I did not enjoy it. Did not enjoy it. I can. I played for an hour and never once felt like I was getting the hang of that sharper turn thing. I just couldn't do it. I understand why they did it that way, and it does make sense that way. But I just could never get it for whatever reason. I was for every time I would get it, the next time I would overcorrect and or overdo it and have to overcorrect, and I was just screwed. I'm just missing two or three buoys at a time that way, uh, and that's kind of how it goes. Um, so I'm very torn on this game. But I've always felt that in on RetroBlist, we're giving you our personal opinions. We're not going to give you what everybody else thinks and says. And um, if Trevor and I have two very different scores, and we have before, then that's just because uh, that's our different experiences with the game and how we are two different people. <laughs> yeah, uh, There's a lot of quality here. I really, uh, one of the other positives, positives would be there's a lot of games that we play for the show that I wasn't good at, that I just hated and didn't care if I was good at that game. Yeah, This one's different. I wanted to be better at this game because I wanted to check out everything it had to offer. I really liked the courses and how they looked. I'm very curious about the later games in this franchise. I've never. This is the only one I've ever played. I'm going to give Wave Race for... I keep wanting to call it Wave Racer, by the way. I'm going to give uh-huh. Wave Racer... Uh, <laughs> did it again. I'm going to give Wave Race... Singular. Wave Race for the uh, 64. A 7. I think it's a solid 7. And that is purely because... I don't blame the game for how bad I am at it. <laughs> Does that make sense? There are some games where I think that they're just difficult. And a lot of it's just my fault. Uh, or a lot of it's the game's fault. They purposely make them that hard. This game does that at times with the buoy placements, but overall, especially just judging from the normal game mode, I felt that a lot of that was just me not getting the hang of it. And uh, so I'm giving a lot of grace to this game, if I'm being honest. I think if this was another game where if I played this and I was not enjoying myself and I also didn't want to get better, I'd have been way harsher on this game for sure. I was expecting a lower score. The music is not good. Uh, but the, it just looks so good graphically that you want to keep playing it and be good at it. And the gameplay, uh, when you're on the water, feels right. That feels good to me. I like mm-hmm. how it feels. It feels like you're jumping on waves. That's really cool. It's just the learning to do those sharp turns that just really got me that I never got good at, and I hate that I didn't get at it. Didn't get good at it. So that is just my personal knocking on the game. So I'm going to give it a. a I was decided I'm twenty six and a half and a seven. But I think the graphics are so good and the feeling on the water is so good that it deserves a seven for me. So I'm giving it a seven. All right. Well, this makes for kind of lousy podcasting, but we're not we're not as polar opposite as I thought we would be because <laughs> um, I'm 
you, yeah, you might think I'm just going to rave on the game, but the truth is I'm balancing my score too. Because on one hand, I feel like what this game deserves for how incredible it was at the time. It's also groundbreaking, right? Groundbreaking, yeah. Or water breaking. (laughs) There's several things. I I keep making this rookie error of putting important details in my bliss quiz. So if you think we're glossing over some things, hang around for the bliss quiz. I just don't want to say too much because I'll give my answers away. Um, But it was groundbreaking. It was um, so ahead of its time. I mean, I'm still struggling to think of the first racing game or video game period that had water as water-like as this water. Um, And you might think, well, we're making too big of a deal about it, but it's called Wave Race. That's literally the game is being on the water, so it is a big deal. So I'm balancing like what I feel like this game sort of earns, but also just being honest with the amount of fun I had. And the things that keep me from going crazy high with this review are, A, I do feel like it's just not a game I'm going to want to play every day. I do feel like the content, on one hand, it's not bad for a almost launch game for N64. On the other hand, there's not a lot to it. The championship mode is basically the same. Like, you don't play all nine tracks in every mode, but you mostly do. And they do change them up some, but at the end of the day, they're pretty short tracks. And that's it. You're racing against three computer opponents. The The replay value is it is so much harder once you get to the hard difficulty. I can't even imagine how hard the expert difficulty would be. And then the reverse difficulty like so there is some replay value there just to get good and then the two-player mode this is the n64 it would have been really cool if it was four player but i understand i mean mario kart came after this for n64 and honestly it didn't have going on what this one does as far as physics i bet i i guarantee you when they're making this they wanted it to be four player yeah but like they had already taken out so much graphically for two player that it probably would have looked really bad four player right so so being the game it is I get, I get why some people would rate it higher than I am, but I also get why some people like Johnny would rate it a bit lower. So I'm going to hit it right in the middle. I feel good about an eight for this game, which means it's very, very good. And I'm very impressive, but also being honest for myself. Once I got to that hard difficulty, I was very frustrated trying to hit those stupid buoys. Like, I don't feel like, I mean, Johnny feels like he just hardly can't play it. I feel like I should be better than I am. (laughs) I, I think feel, it's how Johnny feels too. Yeah, I felt like you know when, uh, when you're a kid and you finally get your parents to play a game with you, and like, oh man, I can't believe I'm getting my parents to play a game with you, but then they're just not understanding the game, like, and you're trying to explain it to them and they're just not getting it. I've become the parent now, and I just can't get it. Yeah, <laughs> and this is a game that came out in my generation of growing up, so it's even worse. <laughs> I, it is. It is interesting because it's so simple on the surface, but it's. Like water can be deeper than you think it is. So I'm going to say my score is an eight, but my fun factor fluctuated anywhere yeah. from a 6.5 to a nine for me. Like there was a time on the normal difficulty when I kept nailing it or even the hard difficulty on the f- first couple tracks. And I eked out a first place victory because I hit the wave just right. And I made the turn just right. I said out loud and there's no one in the room. Uh, Man, this game is good. I said it out loud. But then you get to those later tracks on hard difficulty, and I just feel like, why am I clowning this up so much? I mean, yeah. to, to speak like the youth. Yeah, that's what they say. I've heard them say that. I mean, so I'm going to land with an eight because, yeah, it ranged from a six and a half to a nine as far as fun factor for me. Yeah. But I think the more I play it, it would more be towards a nine. But I also feel like there's not, I don't feel like there's crazy replayability here. 
There's not single player no. game. There's just not. But there's it, more this feels this feels more like one of those games that you would play to show how good a 64 can make a game look. Yes, and you play it once you get the hang of it. You play it because it just makes you feel good. But you do a yeah. couple races, and you'll probably be good for a while. I think. Yeah. So, so that uh, this is still technically retro bliss approved. Oh, it's very uh, much approved for me yeah. and and from you as well. So yeah, yeah, I still approve it. I just wish I was better at it. So that's Wave Race sixty four. Uh, Trevor, I think it's time for a beautiful, stunning, and much needed, and obviously real because we're definitely sponsored commercial. Water churning, tide turning, sun burning, wave crash, head bash, ride, glide, collide, high flying, fish frying, eye crossing, cookie tossing, snaking, quaking, booty shaking, scrolling, controlling, rock and rolling, wave race 64, the first jet and sweating in your face race for Nintendo 64, strap on that seahorse and ride. Thank you for sponsoring us, said commercial. Trevor, now. It's time to learn what the people have said. It's time for some fan feedback. If you wish to interact with us, there are two ways in which you can do so. You can go to our Facebook page. That is RetroBlist on Facebook. And join us there. Uh, we have some very awesome people in the community. The community, de- 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 the community there. And, of course, in the dying wastelands of Instagram. <laughs> uh, you can go to RetroBlist on there. Uh, which we have some very dedicated people on there, too. So uh, well, don't forget that. Uh, so those are the two places you can find us. I interrupted Trevor. What were you going to say? Well, it's funny you say that because I was going to say, unless you... <laughs> Unless you want to read something, we only have one comment on Facebook, so I was just going to get it out of the way really quick. Oh, yeah, you I, do it all then. That saves me from doing anything. So, oddly enough, we got a lot of Instagram comments this time, but only one on Facebook. But I do want to read it because it's Kevin Huey. And Kevin Huey said it's easier to go through these rings than Superman 64's rings. Oh, I would guarantee it. <laughs> yep, and my comment was that spinal surgery is easier than Superman 64's rings. That's also more than likely true. But on Instagram, Cochlin Swagger said the Huey family loves y'all. And uh, I appreciate that very much. And Trevor appreciates it. I'm a giant beehole. <laughs> Johnny hates all. That's not. True. I hate I everything. That's not true. Actually, I love attention. And anytime anybody says anything remotely positive to me, uh, it makes. If I had a tail, it would wag. And uh, I did warn the Huey family uh, that there is a certain because they're listening in order, and I think they're like in the 130s or something. Last time I checked. And I said, just FYI, uh, we quit the podcast at one point, but obviously we were full of crap, so just don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like to threaten to get more attention. Uh, as I said, that's going to happen again soon, so stay tuned for another future episode where we threaten to quit again. Yeah, we'll just, we don't know when yet, but it'll happen. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> but Death Adder, IG, said the water in this game was very waterlike. Yes, and that's a very much a positive, yeah. Escape Soul 01 said, I never had an N64. Oh, wow. Okay. Never had N64. I missed out on this, but based on how much fun I have with the Jet Moto series, I'm sure I would have loved this. That said, Kellogg's Corn Pops are the best cereal of all time. Oh, side note, Trevor, favorite cereal. Go. Oh, God, I'm so boring with this because I always loved old man cereal. <laughs> um, Probably uh, probably Special K with strawberries. 
Oh God, that is an old mystery. Yep. I used you to. I, I ate total. Do you remember total? I do. I ate total when I was a kid with a little bit of sugar on it. To be fair, I ate total with sugar sprinkled on it. That's what I liked. I never ate Fruit Loops and stuff like that. I was so weird. Oh man, well, what's your favorite uh, cereal, Johnny? It's between it's no, it's between Apple Jacks or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. One of those. I would probably go with. As far as the fun cereals, what would be my favorite? <clears throat> I've always oh, I do love Honey Nut Cheerios and Honeycombs. Oh yeah, yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios is really yeah. Good. I I think it's the fruity or the chocolatey cereals I was just never into, but I do love the other like Frosted Flakes are delicious. Th- that's probably my favorite, and those are full of sugar. I do so. like Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, cartoonist Aaron said I I was really bold. Wait a minute, it was really bold of Nintendo. Oh my gosh. So we are just no. I'm just thinking. You know, we're just such we're straight shooters. You know, we're very on point. We don't joke around. We don't cut around here. We like to keep it serious. Yeah. But for some reason, our oh, listeners yeah. sometimes are just really smart, Alex. So here, I'm just going to read it. It's like uh, you know, we don't ask for that. We're no. a very straight laced couple of individuals. Yeah, like humor's not our our thing. Yeah, like, we, we don't take understand it. If anything's remotely funny, uh, I turn my nose up to it. But I, I think this is I think this is a funny guy comment. So let's see what funny guy cartoonist Aaron has to say. It was really bold of Nintendo to make a game with such a strange theme. You just stand around and wave at people. First to 64 wins. Never could understand why there are jet skis on the cover, though. Could you imagine if that's what the game was? <laughs> wave race, 64. <laughs> and then the next one was wave race 128. And you just got to hit that button 128 times. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, thanks for that. And Mick Thompson eighty two, who uh, I I don't know who that could be. Um, never heard of him. I feel like saying Mick? Michael Thompson is very appropriate well, here because well, like Mick's Tycoon. got a Stanford. Yeah, Mick's got to be short for something, right? Yeah, Mick. Mick yeah, Mick. 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 Uh, Mick Michelangelo. Michelangelo. That's it. Michelangelo Thompson. He said, I'll be honest and say I didn't give it a lot of time, mostly because I, for some reason, found it near unplayable. I should probably revisit that, but I probably prefer to play Hydro Thunder. So I guarantee you, go, you, me and him are very similar. Then. Yeah, I that there you go. Yeah, you're definitely not alone. Um, I did want to comment because somebody mentioned uh, Jet Moto. I thought these are fundamentally very different games. Jet Moto ultimately was a much less ambitious, but also very, very fun game. That was just a racing game that used water as the theme. It used, like, it used the jet skis as a theme. Yeah. This game is all about the jet skis and the water. So that's a very different thing. Man, though, I do wish. How could we play Jet Moto? Like, our what system was it even for? Our um, emulation machines don't really have PS1 games. It was no, PS1. Yeah, we have some. I don't know if we you have what? Jet Moto on there. You have a. Uh... You have a PS2 that still works, right? I sure do. I have Jet Moto. What am I saying? We can play yeah, it. <laughs> we, can, we can totally play it then. Yeah. yeah what do I? Yeah, I was. Never mind. We can play Jet Moto. I think I want to do that soon. Maybe after Simpsons Month. All right. Anyways, there's a comments. Thank y'all very much. Um, I think it's time to shut this show down. Unless you have another segment you want to do. You know what I do? Let's do a, a bliss quiz. Bliss quiz.
went first. Trevor, you go first on this. All right. So some of the things I kept biting my tongue about the game are in the Bliss Quiz. Question number one. You at home play along, see if you can beat Johnny's score. How was the game originally billed? A, Mario Kart with waves. B, F-Zero on water. C, wet Metroid. What was the F-Zero so, on water? Is that, what, was that yeah, one of them? Mario Kart with waves, F-Zero on water, wet Metroid. How was it originally billed? <laughs> wet Metroid. <laughs> uh... I want to go with um, F-Zero on water. You're exactly right. That's kind of how they they uh, build it, I guess, before they knew exactly what it was going to be. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, just FYI, I'm very distracted. My cat decided to jump up here with me. Uh, All right, here we go. Trevor, number one. Which of these is false about the movie Castaway? You know that the Tom Hanks movie? I hear your cat Uh, purring, by the way. He's very loud when he purrs. Uh, oh man all right uh so he's here to help out just listen to his purr it's just like the music on the wave race it's very tranquil you feel better um all right which is false about castaway the writer spent several days alone on an island for research that's a b fedex had a real issue with the plane crash that's near the beginning of the movie Mm. or c Castaway led to the creation of the TV show Lost. One of those is Ooh. false. Which one is false? Ooh, you threw me off that last one. I'm almost positive I remember hearing that FedEx was not happy about the FedEx plane crashing or all the FedEx packages being everywhere. Um, to lead to the creation of Lost. See, that's how my brain would think is just to say that. So I'm wondering if you just made it up, but it would be cool if it did. But I'm going to go C is the false one. Trevor, the writer did indeed spend several oh. days alone on an island. Okay. Uh, Castaway actually did lead to the creation of Lost. Really? They were going to do a Castaway TV show, but when it got to J.J. Abrams, he changed it. But really? FedEx actually <laughs> loved the movie and considered it pretty much free advertising for them. So ah. they were all for it. I should have gone with my gut. I thought that might be it, but then I thought I remembered it. Okay. Well, I was totally wrong. But like Trevor said, if you hear a little... Noise is probably a cat purring, and I apologize, but he is not moving. Yeah, yeah that's not going to happen. Oh, wait, um, I'm, I'm getting help here. Um, So, yeah, you got me All one right, to nothing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Here's All your right, chance now, to really double down. Now I'm cat free. I can concentrate. Trevor, number two for you. Johnny, which of these is false? So here we go. Some uh, more which details. Is, which is false. Gotcha. So basically now you're going to find out what did other people think of the game at the time it came out? Gotcha. Uh, so which is false? A, the game was a critical darling. B, it sold almost 2 million copies in the United States. C, it was infamously panned by GamePro. Or D, it was cited as the inspiration for the Colin McRae series, which is false. Would you like those again? No, I remember them. Man, I think any of those could be false. Colin McRae feels very specific, even though me and you both like that series. I do want to do a rally racing game at some point on the show. Um, me too, definitely. What was the one before that? So before, it was a Critical Darling, sold almost 2 million copies. Game was Pro, was that the one? Panned, panned by Game Pro. I'm going with that. You're right. So Johnny, 
my eight even is pretty low on this game. Like it is the definition of a critical dog. I remember when it came out, like everybody like applauding it for sure. Yeah. So it averaged a 92 on Metacritic. Uh, they've actually compiled 15 old reviews. It sold 2 million copies in US alone, which is impressive. It sold a lot impressive. of copies. Yeah. Uh, GamePro loved it. So that was made up. And the creator of Colin McRae's series said the physics and the control of this game led to the creation of Colin McRae, which for its time was a, ra- a racing game with unparalleled, on land racing game with unparalleled yeah. physics. Yeah. Uh, I-, I pulled up the Metacritic just because I love when they actually capture old reviews. Just to give the IGN blurb, they gave it a 9.7, Wave Race 64, a 9.7. <laughs> yeah. They said, simply put, Wave Race 64 stands shoulder to shoulder with Wipeout, Wipeout XL and Sega Rally in the Pantheon as one of the best racers ever. A piece of art. They wow. It was a piece of art. The the controls and physics, you can only imagine, really, like what people thought at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Uh, like I said before, groundbreaking game or water breaking, whatever. So, right. yeah. I've gotten two. Wow. Uh, so I can catch up, but just barely. Yeah. You got to get this one. Number two. I'm going to give you some facts about the ocean, but one of these facts is not true. So you want to find out the false fact about the ocean. Okay. Here we go. A, the ocean is home to nearly 85% of all life on Earth. Okay. B, because of the ocean, most of the Earth is in absolute darkness. C, okay. the Pacific Ocean is wider than the moon. Trevor, which of those is False. God, they all sound so true. All right. So I 100% I would bet everything I got that the one about most of the earth is in darkness is true because that just makes sense because most of the ocean is dark. Wider, the Pacific Ocean being wider than the moon sounds right to me. So just process of elimination, I'm going to say A is false. Trevor Franklin. Uh, most of the earth is actually of course covered by water most people know that and like you said most of the ocean is at a depth where light can't even touch so therefore most of the earth is in absolute darkness Mm. the pacific ocean is indeed wider than the surface area of the moon what is false is the one that you got correct uh in actuality the ocean is home to over 95 percent of life on earth that's amazing Pretty incredible. So, uh, you can still technically tie unless I get your third one here right. Oh, that's right. You'll be three for three if you get this. You'll knock it out of the park. And and this is one that uh, I most wanted to talk about. So, there were three. Technically, there are three wave race games, which didn't sound right to me until I really thought about it. There are technically three wave race games. Which of these is not one of the three wave race games? Was it simply wave race? For 1992 Game Boy, Wave Race Blue Storm, 2001 GameCube, or Wave Race New Play Control, 2008 for Wii, which is not real. Oh, God. They put out so many games on the Wii. Because <laughs> that was the first one I was like, that one's got to be false because I just, I don't even like the name of it. Um, But I something tells me that that means it's true. <laughs> um. I'm going to go with the GameCube one being not real. So this was totally just me trying to trick you. Uh, Nintendo did release several, and I hate everything about it. Uh, there's there's a lot of things I hate about the Wii, even though it was great in some other ways. 
they would re-release games like Mario Tennis and call it New Play Control Mario Tennis, but they did not do that for Wave Race. I made that up. Wow. So the game, the N64 game we played, the reason it's called Wave Race 64, besides the fact that Nintendo did that a lot, instead of just Wave Race, is because technically it was a sequel to Wave Race for Game Boy, which was a 1992 game that I think was just very basic, you know, racing game. Uh, but for whatever reason, they decided to make this technically a sequel to that. Oh, wow. Um, and then Blue Storm was the 2001 GameCube game. Um, I tried to look what people think about Blue Storm. It sounds like the graphics are they're stunning. Like it's if you look at it, it's like much like this game. You're like, how did the GameCube pull this off? It is gorgeous. Um, but some people still feel like the original Wave Race 64 is not matched as far as just the control and physics. So, but I would like to play that one still. So yeah, I get that. I mean, this is kind of the same with the. 64 wrestling games, right? Like the, right, I mean, yeah. there's something that have come close, but just something about the way that those were. All right. So you can tie me if you get this one right, then Trevor, I'm going to name three movies. You are going to tell me which of these movies has the longest running time. Oh no. All right. Obviously these are all related to water somehow. Uh, a water world. B titanic or c castaway and the only clue i will give you is uh it's a pretty close race here <laughs> all right so there's only two choices here castaway is a great movie i've watched it it's probably about two hours i know titanic was around three hours maybe more i remember it took at least two vhs tapes if not three i think it was two just to fit it um and Waterworld, i've Never seen. I want to. I know it was a colossal blockbuster failure. They lost so much money on it. It was huge. It was bloated. But I still feel like Titanic's longer. So I'm going to say Titanic is the longest. Castaway was two hours and 23 minutes. Okay. Waterworld was two hours, 56 minutes. I'm feeling good. I think I'm going to say Titanic is two hours, 59 minutes. Titanic comes in at a colossal, and you're right, it did take two VHS tapes because we had that here. Uh, I definitely remember it being two it, that and Saving Private Ron were yeah. just both of those sent in my mind for being two VHS tapes long. Titanic clocks in at three hours oh, yeah. and 14 minutes, Whew. and uh, three hours of that is the love story. <laughs> so take for that what you will. And another five minutes of that is uh, her saying, Jack, you won't fit on this piece of wood. I'm going to let you drown and freeze in this ocean. When he 100% could have totally fit. And they both would have been just fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we tied it too. That's what nobody We wanted. tied it too. That's what everybody loves. A good old fashioned time. Yep. Well, that was Wave Race 64. For the 64, uh, obviously, Bliss, uh, we, I must have Bliss quiz approved. <laughs> Retro Bliss quiz approved. Uh, we thank you, Blisters, out there for listening and for being patient with us. Uh, you know, Trevor started a new job on top of everything. So, uh, it, we're, we try to work with his schedule. And, um, I, we're still going to try to do a game a week if it's possible, but just bear with us if, for whatever reason, his schedule becomes hectic or, you know, heck one of us could get sick again. Who knows? So just bear with us. Uh, well, yeah, Trevor just, also, 
Go ahead. I, I did want I, I just don't want people to get too freaked out. Like my schedule's not really that much worse than before. The difference is we just um, had like a storm of things happening. Yeah, it was a perfect weeks. storm. Yeah. And if I do have a particular week where I'm on call because I work for the hospital and I get put on call, um, because I'm working further away now, it, it can really mess up a few days. So yeah, there might be a week here and there, but otherwise. I, I think overall, I think overall, we'll be back on track though. Yeah, yeah I, I for think sure. So, and we'll be bringing Tim in from time to time and make him uh, spend time with us. That poor soul. Oh, so. and our and our Patreon. Uh, check us out on Patreon if you think you know you'd like to support the show financially in any way. It can be as little as a dollar a month. Um, you will get a top five. We call it the Bliss List. We yeah. do a top five of whatever we want to do a top five on every month. We are behind. We owe you July. And we owe you August, but that's because, like we said, the scheduling. Yeah. We will catch up. We will catch up. We're not going to just not do it. Yeah. And I did just put out, and I'm proud is not the right word. Yeah. But I just, Trevor I always puts out. This. I put out. <laughs> Trevor um, constantly puts out, <laughs> and I usually put out in really weird, obscure ways. Um, so I just did a full <laughs> review. <laughs> that should be on a dating profile. I always put out just in weird and unconventional ways. <laughs> It's, it's just true no matter how you look at it. Yeah, swipe right. <laughs> but I did a review of a Game Boy, original Game Boy game called For the Frog, the Bell Tolls. Yeah, you're very, uh, you, you talked uh, Tim and I's head off about this game, so. Yes, it's very, very interesting. So It's if, a Japan-only game, right? It's a Japan-only game. Uh, it has been fan-translated. I played a reproduction cart, which you can get for like 14 bucks. I actually put a link to the Etsy seller, which I wouldn't normally do. And I don't even know if it's technically allowed by Patreon, but I don't care because I'm not, I'm not getting a kickback. I just think you should check this game out. And if the easiest way for you to check it out is to have a Game Boy cartridge, there's an Etsy seller that has it cheap. Um, and I just think people should check this out. So normally these little reviews I do are bonus episodes for the three and $5 tiers, but I made this one available to all patrons. So even at a dollar, there, there's a little tease to get your foot in the door if you want to check out this Game Boy game. Uh, so for even a dollar, you can check that out along with all the other, the top five list. Yeah. Um, yeah. You unlock a lot of audio, extra audio, if that's your bag, if you go there. Quality, uh, not so much, but quantity, but, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not about quality, as you can obviously no. tell. Uh, thank you for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, next time, I think it will be a Simpsons game. Hopefully, that's what we're aiming for. Um, we'll see. It'll either yeah. be hidden uh, Simpsons Hit and Run, or it'll be the Simpsons Arcade game. We haven't decided which one yet. Those are really the two Simpsons games that we got to play at least one of them. Yeah, and I know for a fact they're both good. I mean, that's a giant spoiler alert, so we'll have fun either way. I'm leaning toward the arcade one just because I think I mean, you can have more fun together with that one. But Maybe we should do that, and yeah, because I think it would take a while to get into Hit and Run. Yeah, It's just so. a game I think I should play, but... Yeah, the Simpsons arcade game is next. Hit and Run might be a special at some point. Yeah, but. we'll do it at some point because uh, for once, I own a physical copy of that. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's Trevor, but this time it's me. It's me. I'm very proud of that fact. Uh, but yeah, yeah, join us for that. We appreciate all of you. Until next time, uh, remember, uh, for whatever reason, the Wave Race decides that you have to pull back on a stick to just make a sharp turn, and I absolutely can't stand that uh johnny Bowie, johnny Bowie, blah 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 <laughs> pulling back on the stick can be painful <laughs> <laughs>